0: Aren't pets part of our family too? I couldn't help thinking this morning when I woke up that pets are a big part of our life. I'm Annalise. This is The Good, The Bad, The Family. Join me in a conversation today about pets being family. Thanks for joining me today. So, I definitely woke up this morning and it had been about 2 days since my parents had taken my oldest son and he asked if our dog could go with him. And I woke up feeling like, man, I really missed my dog. Of course I missed my son. He was gone for 2 days spending the night at my parents, but I realized how quiet the house was without our dog. And I don't know if it's just his little tiny beating heart. He's a toy poodle. He's like seven pounds, tiny. My husband wouldn't have even noticed he was there or not. Like he's quiet, rarely barks and doesn't make a lot of noise. But just there was like his energy missing. And I really felt like, man, I need to talk about this on my podcast because pets really are a part of the family in some way. You know, I think people who grow up on a farm or like grow up around animals and um, you know, learn that whole process of, of, uh, I don't know the right way to say it, but you know, like killing the animals and then eating them or, or taking care of like chickens and eating the eggs and stuff. I think they get a different concept or a different idea of what a animal means to their family. But I think for the most part, we would all agree that pets and the pets that like live in our house and we name have a special place in our family. And um, I grew up having a dog. Her name was Honey Bear. And she was like a poodle mixed with a Maltese or something. And she was real small too. And she was really cute. And I just always remember her being around until she wasn't. And I think she was a part of our family too. But not in the same way that I have had my dogs be a part of our family. So the first dog that I got was named Rojo. And he was a red toy poodle. And I got Rojo when I moved back from New York to New Mexico uh, back in 2006, maybe. And um, Rojo was tiny and he went everywhere with me. He went to classes with me at uh, the University of New Mexico, sat on my lap, I carried him around in a little bag, he flew on the airplane with me, he slept in bed with me. I mean, he was like a little baby, he was mine. And he was the grumpiest dog Never mean, like he never snapped at people or growled or anything, but he just was grumpy and he had this look about him and it was charming and I loved it. And about two years ago, Rojo got pneumonia, which I didn't even know dogs could get pneumonia, but I guess they can. And it was too late before we really knew what was happening. And um, Rojo passed away. And then the day, so I'd stayed up with him all night and he passed away around like midnight or 1 a.m. And like the next day waking up, I could not move. I just could not move. I was paralyzed. The grief of losing Rojo, even now, like I'm going to cry about it. I think about him all the time. The grief of losing Rojo was horrendous. N- not anything I had ever expected because I'd lost my childhood dog, but I didn't really grieve about it. And I just kept moving um, But. but but for whatever reason, Rojo was really a part of my life and really a part of our family. And the kids, um, all three boys, had a really hard time with it too. And even still today, and it just breaks my heart, my kids talk about him. And I, I love it, and I'm so grateful that they can express their grief and their feelings. But it just really highlights that our pets are such a big part of our family. And I'm really grateful that... Um, I had a friend write in, and she wanted to share her story about why pets are so important in in her family. And so I'm going to read her story, and um, and then we'll have a, a little thinking session after that. So they're writing in, and they said, We are a family of six, but not your typical family. We've been married for... 24 years and in that time our definition of family has changed. You see we have four fur babies, two dogs, and two cats. For 15 years, like many, we envisioned a family with children. After getting married we chose not to have kids right away but we had pets from the start. First a cat, then a dog and three years later another dog. That was our family for quite a while. Later, we tried to have children, but apparently it was not in God's plan for us. As the years passed, our idea of family shifted to match our reality. In that time, our pets became kind of surrogate children. We learned to appreciate certain advantages of having pets instead of children. We love to travel, and for us, it's been easier to do without kids because we've always had the ability to leave our fur babies in good care. We have the flexibility of planning at a moment's notice. With both of these, we have not had to worry ourselves with children's activities, school attendance, or kiddos' daily schedules. We don't have to worry about long-term financial plans associated with children, but like everything else in life, there are also disadvantages. A major one for us is we don't have the companionship that you normally have with kids because of the short lifespan of pets. We have endured the loss of those first three fur babies and then lost a fourth. For us, each one is like losing a child or the closest we will come to it. Ugh. Each pet we've had has filled our lives with joy and love. We know we haven't suffered our last loss, but each pet has taught us something very important, to cherish the time we have with those we love. Right now, our advice to you is to go love on your babies, furry, Or not. That's what we're about to do. Excuse me while I wipe away the tears. I am crying after reading that story. And I've read it like three times already. But for whatever reason, I just, you know, I sort of internalize it. And um, have a self-reflection about it. And I think that's just what we do as humans in nature anyway. But uh, it's, it's sad to me. But it's also so hopeful and inspiring. And I think... That this couple shows a huge amount of resiliency, um, not just to sort of readjust and re, um, redefine their family after the acceptance of not having their own children, but I think also just the resiliency of the continued loss of pets and loved ones, especially when you see them as a loss, like a loss of a child. Um, that resiliency is is incredible. And not everybody has that. And I think it's amazing that they've they've shared that story with us and shared a story of resiliency. And also just how special their pets have become because they don't have children in their life. They, they share all that extra love and time and attention with their pets. And I would totally imagine that their pets give them a lot of love and attention. And it becomes a really special bond and relationship. And I think it's important to talk about how having pets in our family changes the way we organize our family structure and our time and our routines. Um, When we travel, we have to find somebody to care for our dogs. We don't just leave our dogs at home. Now, I do know cats are different and I've never been a cat owner, but uh, cats seem to have their own like world of needs and not needs like leave me alone. Um, I have most of my friends have cats and uh, their cats. Cats are interesting and kind of weird. Um, And I guess that's what's so attractive about them. They're really intelligent. And um, anyway, so so either way, though, you know, we kind of arrange our schedule because even my friends with cats, They have to empty the litter boxes. They need to attend to their cat's needs. And obviously every pet will have health concerns or uh, need medication. And all pets need food and water. So I think that's that's kind of something that we have to think about. And how our family is arranged when we put a pet in it, it really changes things. And um, the loss of a pet changes us. And the the gaining of a pet changes us. My sister and her husband just got a dog, a... um, What kind of? It's like a poodle mixed with a a sheepdog, or I don't know. But it's a it's a miniature size, so it's not gonna be like super big. But it's full of energy, and it's adorable, but a little crazy right now in its puppy stage. And I see how their kind of family dynamic is changing around this dog. And for families, pets are incredible, because especially families with kids, because pets help teach kids empathy from a goldfish to a giant dog or cat. Pets help children understand that we care and nurture things other than ourselves. So when kids are in that life cycle stage of getting separating from mom and creating their own identity, they start to get all these strange feelings. And it's important that one of those strange feelings is empathy. And pets really help kids to develop that that really special skill. And um, I think too, with, I see it with my kids taking care of our dog, dog, They They feed him, they give him water and all on their own, they love and nurture him. They pet him, they call for him. And that is a special thing that kids get when they have a pet. And we definitely um, should never take that for granted because there are children out there who don't have pets and they can't um, have that special bond and relationship with pets. And I really, I think that having a pet is important, but it's not always something that we can do. Um, some family lifestyles are not appropriate for pets. I know a lot of people get dogs and holidays and, and then they're you know at the adoption center of the pound um, a couple days later because the family just couldn't take care of the pet. So I think it's a it's really serious thing to consider, but it's also really important and so if your family can have a pet, I think it's a great thing. Even if it's just a gerbil or a goldfish. Kids have to feed the goldfish, make sure it stays alive and care for it. That's a really big deal um, for a five year old to be able to take care of something living. Um, I certainly, I can't speak to how important having plants is, but like I kill every plant I have. I have a garden in my backyard and it's hanging on by a thread. I mean, it looks like it's doing well, but I know. I know in like a matter of a week or when the sun really hits it this summer, it's just gonna die, because I don't know what I'm doing. So I can't say, you know, oh, get get a plant that's like equivalent to caring for a live pet. I mean, maybe, but plants also die a lot easier than a dog. So I would say, you know, if you can get a dog, get a dog. They're such great companions and so wonderful to have around. But if a goldfish is all your family can manage, that's great too. Um, and if you can't get a pet, I think, you know, there's always still ways that we can teach empathy and teach caring for others, like nature. You know, we, we don't kill insects. We don't hurt plants or hurt nature. We care for everything in nature. And uh, that's definitely something I want to get into um, talking about nurturing all things living, even nature. But for now, I'm going to leave you with a quote from M.K. Clinton, an author, and she says, the world would be a nicer place if everyone had the ability to love as unconditionally as a dog. Before we part ways, if you want to hear more, please subscribe. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at mft. If you'd like to email me a story about your family, you can email me at contact at mft.com. See you next time. Hey, I'm a trained and licensed therapist, but this podcast is not a substitute for therapeutic advice. If you need help finding a therapist, visit psychologytoday.com.